Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 82, and today, Ron Washington is going to join us from, he is in Toronto, and uh, if you notice, the camera's on me, and then we're going to go to a wide shot. We're having a little technical difficulty. Jeff broke a camera. Yeah, I don't know. It was my face, I think, and uh, but whatever. <laughs> we got it under warranty, so we're going to send that bad boy back and get us a new one. That's uh, absolutely, and that's fine. It doesn't uh, matter because we got to get into some big league stuff, but how did this come about? Ron Washington, this is huge for me. Well, you know, I'm, I'm Ron was uh, manager for my first season on the beat, which is 2008. He started in 07. I was there until he, you know, he left. And um, we're just buddies, you know. I mean, I, you know, you make friends in the game. And uh, Washington, I always got along. I mean, he's so he's so down to earth. Yeah. You know, everybody's his friend. He, you know, he doesn't. Uh, well, I can't wait to be. He doesn't take the high road, you know, and doesn't look down on people. <clears throat> he's uh, he's just a good man. And, uh, you know, all the stuff, he, he, he does some stuff for uh, do it for Durrett. You know, right. if you've ever been to one of our events, I'd say a third of the, a third of the stuff we sell is from Ron Washington just going around the – country collecting stuff so yeah um he's just a good person loved his time in texas hated that he had to leave um loves coming back yeah still still lots of friends you know mike maddox uh, obviously one of his buddies john daniels they still talk a lot um i think he has a pretty high opinion of bruce bochi yeah uh, so um he's just a good person and Can't. so i asked him the braves are coming to town i figured hey what the heck it'd be a perfect time to to get him on man i, I can't wait to beat ron um I, you know when when the I guess it was last year when they were here. I went down and and went over by and heard him kind of mm-hmm. talk to somebody, but I never introduced myself. He didn't know who I was. Yeah. So I can't wait this time after we talked to him Monday <laughs> I, to go over and meet him in person because uh, you tell me it's how a great treat. a guy it's is. It's a treat. I'm going to find out how great a guy he is here in a little bit when he comes yeah. on because you're the one that always talks about, man, this is this one of your favorite pretty uh, look, people look, in the world. And, and I've, I've talked to John Daniels and some other people about this. A conversation with Ron Washington is the highlight of your day. That's awesome. He just, he just makes people feel so good and, uh, you know, engages with you and you laugh. And um, it's it's just great. So I can't um, wait. I just can't it, wait. It, it's it's pretty neat that he's coming on. I'm, 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 I'm really happy that he agreed to do it. And, um, 
So yeah, but we gotta we gotta do our stuff first. Yep, that's right. By the way, that that segment by Ron, we'll we'll do that when we get to there is going to be brought to you by uh, the Frisco Rough Riders, who yeah. who we were out there last night. That's Let's right. talk about the big league club. We got to get into this. Um, you know, look, we're 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 about halfway through May. Um, yeah. We've gone through April. We're about halfway through May. Um, this is a good damn baseball team. Yeah. I don't know that they'll hold this up and that they will win the West. I don't know. Yeah. It's a long yeah. damn baseball season. Yeah. But this team is a damn good baseball team. Oh, I agree. You know, um, you know the, the offense has been terrific. Without Corey Seager. Without Corey Seager, who we saw last night, the, the starting pitching has been very good. Um, Without Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> right now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's you know they they still can be better. The, the bullpen needs needs some some help. I think it's okay. Josh Bors is there. We'll get yeah. into that in a minute. <laughs> and um, but yeah, I mean you 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 turn on the TV or go or in our case we go to the ballpark and uh, you expect to win. It, right. It, it's just entirely different, and um, it's just a different vibe. The players feel it. Um, you know, hats off to to Chris Young for. Um, what he did, and you know John Daniels too, you know, gets gets a lot of credit for the last off season when they brought in Seaman and Seager, um, and then and then Chris uh, out on his own uh, somehow landed Jacob Degrom and, and Nathan Avaldi, who's just been unbelievable. So Haney's been good. Haney's been good. Um, you know, it, it's it's just the, the the right things are happening right now. You know, Jonah Heim. You know that that trade in in, in two thousand one February of two thousand one. I was at my son's base basketball game. Had to leave uh, the Elvis Andrews trade. You know, I mean, there there've been a lot of hands involved in this good start. Pro scouting, amateur scouting, Josh Young. Um, you know, and 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 then obviously owner ownership open up their wallets and get some money. Uh, but you know, my uh, Nate Lowe's another pro scouting victory. So. Adolis Garcia is a pro scouting victory. There's a lot of good things that have come together. It's not just money, um, although you know money helps. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is just it's just uh, refreshing after what the Rangers and the fans have been through here the last six years. Oh, geez, um, it's been rough. You know, and I'm I've been there for most of them, and um, I've been there for five of them. This is my fifth time, fifth year. Yeah, but. It's it's been rough and um, well, I'm getting it's nice for us. It's yeah. nice for it's nice for everybody. It's yeah. it's always better to tell happy stories and it's always well, they're always better a, when they're winning. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't you know we we this is our 82nd episode and for about a 75 of them, this team's been pretty pretty bad. Yeah, so we don't really know what to talk. About. We don't know what to do with well, ourselves. We we got into this when we were coming into the winter. We we had. After the signings they made, we were all getting excited for spring training, thinking this could be a better team. Yeah. None of us expected this, where they're playing right now. Yeah. And I'm still saying, look, guys, this is going to happen. This team will go through a, where they win uh, They win three out of ten. They're just going to go through a stretch. Yeah, they're going to have a Cincinnati series. Yeah, they're going to have a Cincinnati. That's, that's always going to happen. The I mean, even the – going to blow leads. You know, the, the thing about relievers, they only have to pitch an inning. I get it. But relievers aren't perfect. No. And, and and that's just that's just nobody is you know and and, and Ron Washington he may say and he may not there is no protection perfection in baseball that was yeah. always a saying there's no perfection in this game exactly perfection in this game and um you know there just ro- isn't 
Well, their road trip right now, too, is, what are they? They're 5-2 okay. and two on the road trip so far? 5-2. It's Friday, by the way. They're in Oakland. They won yeah, last May, night. May 12th. Vivaldi um, was good. Oh. Pretty good. Um, you know, it, it's, and, and they're winning, you know, they're winning series against the West. Yes. Against the division. They're winning series at places they haven't won series in several years, Houston and Seattle. Right. Um, it's just different, and it's good, and. And um, I'm sure I'm sure Wash will talk about though length of the season. Yeah, got to finish yeah. things like that. So, but anyway, um, yeah, we were out there last night in Frisco. Saw Corey Seager uh, first pitch fly out. Uh, he swung the first pitch. Yeah. Uh, then I think uh, his next at bat, he saw four pitches hit a ground ball that went for a double that the first baseman should have had. Um, he smoked it. Don't get me wrong. He, he, he put, hit it, it hard. Yeah, he had some exit VO. Major League first baseman makes that play. Yeah. And then uh, his last at bat, he flew out to the warning track. Um, looked good, you know, from what I can Ran tell. Ran the bases. He looked Ran okay. Ran the bases, yeah. They, they weren't pushing it. And, and don't expect him to be trying to – Steal bases? Yeah, set the world record in the 100 every time he hits a ground ball to the shortstop or to second second base. It's gonna I be, It's going to look a lot like Adrian Beltre probably when Beltre would come back early he wouldn't run it out hard when he yeah. knew that he's probably- he, it's managing you know a hamstring isn't going to go away um and, and Corey, i tried to press him on the hey what do you what are you feeling you think you're i liked gonna, his answer you're gonna be 100 percent. he said i'll be ready to go that's so, what he said so that's fine and um i'll be ready to play yeah and and he'll be ready and um rangers theoretically are going to get better right i mean you're adding back a premier bat into a lineup that's one of the best in baseball. And you don't lose the other bat, which most likely yeah. I think most of us suggest will just move out to left field. Yeah, Ezekiel Duran will not be going back to the bench or a part-time role. Um, no. It'll be interesting to see, you know, I, yeah, I'm assuming Sam Huff will be the, the move. And, and Corey, if you didn't read Rangers today, this uh, for whatever reason, it is a, only five ninety nine a month or $60 for a year or 35 for six months. Uh, we were the only ones out there. Um, yeah. And so – we we have Corey talking about he's 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 planning to be back for the Brave series. Right. This uh this show will hopefully debut is hopefully debuting uh, uh before the the Brave series open. That's why we're having Wash to kind of talk about the Braves a little bit. And then uh, uh but if Seager's back and Duran's in left and this lineup just got deeper, it got better. You still have Mitch Garver who's going to come back. Yep. And, and, What's the deal on? What's the status on him? He's going to be end of the month, I think, or May twenty third, something like that. Is and the knee still bothering him? Or I don't think so. I think they're just being ultra cautious because um, they want him to catch. I yeah, mean, not he, not not uh, that Jonah Heim's going to sit half the time. Yeah. But they want the backup catcher to be Mitch Garver to come in. Not that yeah. he'll be DHing a yeah. lot, probably playing a but little first. Yeah. He's going to play more than Sandy Leon. Right. And, uh, Ex- exactly. He'll uh, be in the lineup a yeah. lot during the week. Yeah. Yeah. But by by June first, you could have Seager, Mitch Garver, and Jacob Degrom back, um, and that's uh, that's being fully loaded for the first time since since opening day. So um, if they can. Get through this stretch, you know the Braves. The Braves are a good team. They're playing Oakland right now. Uh, in the Braves, AL, the, Bra- the Tampa Bay is the the right. team of the AL. So but, I mean, the Rangers have the third best record in the AL behind Tampa and Baltimore, I believe. Right. So, and then the Braves are uh, have the second best record in the game. So, the Rangers are a top five team if you look at the record, if you look at the run differential, if you look at ERA stuff like power that. rankings. Finally, has them in the by like six right now. That's yeah, still too low. Yeah, um, but anyway. It, it's it's and, and and maybe they don't believe it, you know, you know. Maybe if they take two out of three fine. from Atlanta at home, but you know, 
it's it's good to your to your original point. It's good. Yeah, and it's going to get better with with Seager coming back. Yeah, it only gets better when they come back. And 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 you know, don't freak out. Seager comes back and they lose two out of three or lose a series or something like that. It is not Corey Seager's fault. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. This, Braves these, are pretty good. No, yeah. the Braves are pretty good. And I tell you what, um, I as a fan. If you're not excited about and let's think about the two teams. Everybody was high on the Cowboys and the Mavericks who spit the bit. <laughs> and the Stars and the Rangers are really playing good right now. Yeah. And it's been fun for Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex as as a as a sports fan. But as a baseball person like you and me, and you cover this team and I cover this team, but I'm also the fan of this team, this is a fun time to be well, a Ranger fan. You know, and and <clears throat> hockey and basketball seasons end. Before football season begins, so, right? So all you have for two months, two or three months, is baseball. Is baseball, and I, I know Cowboys will go to training camp, and that'll take a lot of the spotlight. But the only thing, um, so is it's baseball. But and, it, and, and when they're good, and it's when better. They're good, it's great. It's you know, it, great. It's a good activity. You bring the kids out. Games are faster now. Yes. Um, and and it's fun to see the team win. Yeah. And and so, um, but you know, it's not just one person doing it. It's a lot of people who are contributing, including yep. Josh Forbes. Yep. Okay, I got to get into my. I have, I've been. Look, I come at it always from a fan perspective. Fans have been hard on Josh Forbes, and so have I. I've been amazed, rightfully so, rapidly so, and and I've been amazed that he has. I called it the uh, the DFA jujitsu jujitsu. I don't know how to say that. Jiu-jitsu. Anyway, that he's gone through where it certainly seemed like this was the guy that was going to be the candidate to be DFA'd. Sure. But it goes to show you that, and you would tell me they see something there. There's something there. They're going to hide him because I don't think they're quite ready. It shows you that that. Major league front offices, scouting, and people, when they see something, until it's just no longer you can do it anymore, yeah. they, they know more than we do. Yeah. It's really, you know, I always do armchair GM. It's really easy to be an armchair GM and think that that guy should be gone. But I got to tell you, Wednesday, he came in in a leverage situation. That should have been a Jose Leclerc situation. Mm-hmm. They brought in Josh Spores, struck out two, I think, of the three, um, and look, man, the fastball was 97, 98 miles yep. an hour. The slider was breaking off good. I mean, okay. I was going, and that's twice he's done that. It's two times he's come in and been good. I think he walked somebody um, his first uh, the, the two times ago when, when he came out. But um, that's a guy right now that, and he'd call it Bochi or whatever, that knows who he thinks he can put in a situation. Um is Josh Spores the the answer? No, he's not the answer to this team. He's not going to be the back end of the of the bullpen. But good lord, um, you know what, Josh? I apologize. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, and you know that that arm. I don't care when you're throwing high nineties. It's just it's a little more difficult than when you're throwing yeah, in the low nineties. Yeah, uh, um, to see the ball. You know he he didn't pitch well enough to make the team in spring training. Nope, he's out of options. Right. So all of a sudden he had an ankle injury. Right. Uh, he goes down to Triple A. And uh, works and gets it figured out. You know, he just could not throw a strike in, in spring training. He was right. all over the place. Um, and when he's good and when he's competitive and when his fastball's in the competitive in the strike zone, it's, it's good. It's a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. You know, it's, it, it's, it's got good characteristics. I mean, it's, it's a pitch that the Rangers like and believe in. Uh, you know, he's obviously a, a good person, which is, you know, is a yes. – uh, qualifier for <clears throat> Rangers players, it seems like with with Chris Young, um, they didn't want to lose the arm. 
No. And so <clears throat> they manage the situation. He's here. Um, and it, it, it may it may be the start of something. I mean, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that Mike Maddox has, has turned a, a reliever into a, 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 a struggling reliever into a quality piece. Um, <clears throat> and and maybe that's what we're we're seeing right now. But yeah, it's um, it still doesn't. He's still not the solution to the the bullpen's problems. He's a I want to say a temporary fix because we we might be seeing the best of Josh Spores. But sure, um, you know the Rangers. If there is an Achilles heel, it's the it's the back end of the bullpen. There's not a lot of depth there. I don't know. Uh, you know Ian Kennedy, who was just designated for assignment. Uh, he never became that that guy. They kind of thought he might in spring training. Somebody usable, serviceable, and, yeah. In leverage innings, leverage situations, and just didn't work out. And I don't know. You know, John King has come up. I don't know that that's going to work out. They they need. I mean, John's good, but he's not going <clears> to <throat> pitch he, in the eighth inning. No, no, he was a candidate <laughs> too to be DFA. And I tell you right now, as it as it stands, if they needed another forty man spot, I think of Spores and King. King's probably the odd guy out right yeah, now. King has options. Um, oh, he does have options. Yeah, so okay, I, all right. I mean, I I, th- I think if they need if they absolutely need a forty man spot, I think they could probably part ways with Sandy Leone, and and you know because Sam Huff Sam Huff is on the forty man, and you know he can come up and, and fill the need until Garver comes back. Um, so there there is there is a little wiggle room. They have an open spot right now on the forty man. So right because Kennedy's gone, but um. Anyway, yeah. So it's it's uh, but yeah, the, the bullpen. You know, they need a clerk to get better. That needs to be solved internally. They can't go out and replace the whole bullpen at the trade deadline. No, they can try. I mean, I, you know, but um, they they do need to um, get some internal help. And in, in Josh Spores is supplying it right now. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, but you know, the, the the meltdown Friday in Anaheim um, after the the Wednesday messing of the bed by Jose Leclerc kind of had people frazzled that Cincinnati series was still fresh on their minds. So, uh, but, but the Seattle, se- the Seattle series, the, the bullpen held up fine late. Um, Will Smith came in Thursday night at Oakland and, and got the last out and what was kind of a tough situation against the guy who's the A's best hitter at the time. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, that you, 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 like I said, there's no perfection in baseball. And uh, these these relievers aren't going to be perfect. And, no, and you just and they don't kinda, have a true closer right now. They just, just don't. Yeah, and you just kind of have to wear it. It's part of a season. Yeah. The only guy on this team that could become right now, I think, a true closer is possibly Hernandez, and that's if he gets his stuff together because of his stuff that might play that way. But they really yeah. just don't have a true closer on this. Yeah, team. yeah. I I think you know there's concern that Hernandez doesn't strike out enough guys. Right. He got he got a big strikeout the other day uh, in Seattle. Um, but it's you know it's ninety eight mile per hour sinker. It's a pretty good slider. Um, it, it's it still needs to be refined. You know Brock Burke has pitched pretty well back there too. And I I don't know you know people get nervous about left handed closers like Will Smith. But um, yeah, whoever's you know, they, getting they out, have a, they have a couple options. And whoever's getting got to get twenty seven outs. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly right. So you anyway. got to get twenty seven outs. And you know what? One day. Nathan Navalli just decided he'd get all 27 himself. That's right. That's and right. he almost did it again last night. That's right. That's right. He got 26. Boy, you talk about a guy that's put a team on his back. Yeah, that's pretty good stuff, his last three starts. And uh, I was thinking, well, he's going to be the May pitcher of the year if he keeps this up. Or the Which he is, but 
or the month of May, whatever I said. Um, but that first shutout was in April. So, yeah. um, but he's at 28 and two thirds scoreless innings, consecutive scoreless innings. He struck out a career high 12, didn't walk a guy until his last batter. Um, just a premium strike thrower, which is something that really, really can't. No. That's why Jacob DeGrom's so good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you, you can throw 98 miles an hour or you can throw 100, but if you're not in the strike zone, it doesn't matter. Right. right. And that's why Jacob DeGrom's so well, good. Well, I mean, that, uh, that Japanese uh, kid who pitched for the A's in the series here, he, he threw a fastball at 102 in the first inning. Right. He was gone by the second. Yep. Or the third. You know, he, he was all over the place. Yep. So, I mean, you know, you can have – 102 miles per hour in your back pocket, but if you can't throw it for a strike, you're going to get knocked around. So, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, and that's something we'll talk about in Friday on the forum. When that's we get, right. When we get there, but let's but do wash. Let's, let's get, get wash right there. Hey, Ron Washington coming on. He's brought to you by the Frisco Rough Riders. Frisco Rough Riders, we were out there last night. You guys need to go out. We had a great time. It was great this weekend. If, if, well, you may have already seen this before that, but Frisco Rough Riders sponsoring our segment that's coming up. Uh, double A for the Texas Rangers, and man, what a great time to go out there. Take your family. It's cheap. It's a great way to enjoy some great baseball, and you're going to see some Major League players that are playing on that squad. But right after this, we're going to go to Ron Washington, so hang on. The guest segment on the Rangers Day Baseball Podcast is brought to you by the Frisco Rough Riders, the double A affiliate for the Rangers. They are uh, in the middle of a two-week homestand. Uh, they, they will be home uh Again, after after a Monday off day on the 15th, beginning the 16th through the uh, 21st against Amarillo. They're the sod poodles. Anyway, um, Jack Leiter will pitch, is scheduled to pitch on Wednesday the 17th. Owen White would pitch on uh, the next day, the, the, the May 18th, which is a Thursday, which is always thirsty Thursday out at the, out at the Riders Field. Um, post-game fireworks on the 19th. Kids are on the bases on the 20th. And then, uh, as always, the kids' Sunday fun day on the 21st. Get out to Frisco and check them out. All right, guys, and joining us right now from Toronto, where the Atlanta Braves are taking on the Toronto Blue Jays, it's former Texas Rangers manager who led them to two World Series, and now he's the third base coach for the Atlanta Braves. This one's exciting for me. I've been dying to meet Ron and talk to him. It's Ron Washington. Ron, what's going on, sir? Not very much. You know, staying healthy, um, enjoying uh, the first month of the season, and um, really just uh, enjoying what I do, and that's uh, be a part of the game of baseball. You guys are playing your butts off, Ron. I mean, what, what, what's going on there? You guys are about to run away with this thing. Well, I, you know, me personally, I'm old school in the sense that uh, this is the first time in three years that we had a full spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the full six weeks, and in my opinion, it made a difference, so it made a difference in us coming out, uh, you know, getting a great start rather than having to fight to catch up. So I think that's the difference. So we have the same personnel. Uh, so, but we just had a, a better time in spring training to be prepared. Yeah. You know, that's something you and I had talked about. Look at the, the quality of baseball has been down a little bit really ever since the, the, the COVID thing it start and stop and had that, that abbreviated spring training, are you, are you guys, you, you, I mean, you just answered it. It sounds like you guys feel like you're playing good ball, but it's, it's I mean, this has been a process. COVID was a, was a real thing and it affected the game. It did affect the game. I mean, like you said, we had the two and a half to three years where we just didn't get the full thing. 
although we ended up playing ball and last year we did have 162 game schedule, but still uh, coming out of spring training, uh, we didn't have a full spring this year. Um, it's a big difference, you know, um, having those six weeks is important. I mean, those young kids, the whole time we were down in Florida, he was talking about spring training is too long, too long. I said, shut up. You don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> it's always been a beginning and it's always been an end. And you think about the beginning when you arrive and you work till the end and you deal with everything in, in between. And uh, they really stopped coming down, you know, to the backfield where I am talking about the, 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 the length of spring training. Um, the length of spring training is very important. It's the best time of the year for me. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you guys surprise a lot of people uh, by not naming Vaughn Grissom as your shortstop. Um, well, you know, from the beginning, um, when we was uh, trying to get Vaughn ready to compete, and we did say we was getting him ready to compete um, for the job, uh, he came in and he showed tremendous improvement. But uh, Orlando Garcia, who's a quality shortstop when he was in Milwaukee, he took the job. Yeah. And there's still a lot that uh, Vaughn has to learn. And we also mentioned that if Vaughn was to become our shortstop, there would be learning curves. Um, sure. He wasn't trying to learn shortstop at the minor league level. He was trying to learn shot, shortstop at the big league level. And for that to happen, the organization and everyone else have to have patience. Mm -hmm. Well, we're a team that has a chance to win a World Series. And um, we have patience at times, but this was one time that uh, the organization felt like we needed to have something quality out there that's ready to play. So um, Vaughn is not out the picture. Uh, it's just so much about the game of baseball that he has to learn. He's only had two and a half years of professional baseball under his belt. Yeah. And if you're going to have a guy that has a chance to be your shortstop, you have to have patience the same way Houston had patience with that kid in, um, in Houston. I mean, in the beginning, he wasn't very good, but they had no choice. They stayed with him and he learned, he learned from his mistakes. And that's what the game of baseball is about going through things and learning from it. If you don't have the experience and Vaughn don't have the experience, but he is a talented player. And one day he is going to be at a shortstop. Mm -hmm. Now I remember you, I mean, when, when Elvis Andrews broke in with the Rangers I mean, you guys corrected him on the spot, you know, and, 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 and he had played shortstop his whole, his whole career. He wasn't, he wasn't learning a new position, but, uh, and you guys like 2009 was the year that you kind of built toward 2010 and 11, but if Elvis made a bad throw or made too many bad throws, he came out of the game. I mean, you guys, <laughs> I remember that. I remember it happening in Baltimore very specifically. And uh, well, the, the, the thing with that, Jeff is, you know, people just don't understand what goes on behind the scene. Mm -hmm. um, I had Omar Vizcal on the team when he first came up. And Elvis would play tremendous shortstop for seven innings. And then in the eighth and ninth inning, he would make mistakes when we couldn't afford him to make mistakes. We called him in, and I called Vizcal in with him. And I told Elvis Andrus, you can play, man, but if you keep making mistakes like you are in the eighth and ninth inning, you're going to be a seven-inning shortstop. <laughs> I'm, going to put, I'm going to put Omar in. Well, you know, that woke Alvis up. All of a sudden, Alvis already had the talent. He already had the skill set. His focus and his concentration when he got late in the game got away from him. But sometimes you have to shock him back. And I shocked Alvis back. <laughs> and, and from that point on, he became a complete shortstop. 
I'm talking nine innings. He already had the tools and the skill set. I'm talking about nine innings is a complete shortstop. You know, there have been a lot of, uh, you know, I've, I've seen you do it, but there have been a lot of videos, I don't know, last couple of years of you going through your process, starting on the knees. What is the most important, what is the most, number one fundamental uh, uh, infielder has to have? He has to have good hands and feet sinking. The hands and the feet has to sink up. And my knee drills on my knees is mainly for to get the hands moving in the directions they have to move in when ground balls are hit to them. And then when we get on our feet, we have to, wherever the feet go, the hand follows. I mean, the hand precedes the feet according to the angle you are taking to the ball. And that's what that develops. And through repetition, which the game of baseball is totally about repetition, through the repetition, all of a sudden, you start to sinking things up. But it all starts with the hands on your knees and understanding the angles you have to use your hands. It's easy to get the feet involved. And that's what it's about. And they take 96 balls uh, before they hit the field um, to take their ground balls. 96, where there's no stress and you're working on technique. Uh And then when we hit the field, we put our technique in and it sinks up. Um, it's, It's... I'm not going to say magic because I don't work magic, but it, <laughs> yeah, you do. It helps. <laughs> yeah, it helps. You, uh, you yeah. spend gold. You spun a lot of gold glovers is what you've done. Well, I think those guys uh, that got the gold gloves, they deserve all the credit because the thing about a coach or a mentor, you can be the best in the world, but if those guys can't go out there and apply what you're trying to give them, how good a coach are you? I know I'm good at what I do, but the credit goes to those players. I'm just a guy. Uh, one of those players, he didn't win gold glove under you, but he did eventually, is Marcus Simeon, who is uh, off to a hell of a start for the Rangers. Um, I mean, he, you know, when, when he signed, he, he considers you one of his mentors. Um, what, what, what kind of guy is Marcus? I mean, we're, we're, we're getting to know him a little bit more, but what, what makes Marcus – Take and what makes him he's start. a top notch individual, he's a tremendous teammate. Um, he cares about his teammates. Um, his work ethic is off the chart. Uh, he wants to be exactly what he portrays himself to be. Uh, that's why uh, he's quality, he's the best pupil that I've ever had. And I say that because when I met Marcus, Marcus didn't even know how to use the second base bag. Uh, he had no idea how to go in a hole and, and get his feet together to make a throw. Um, he had no idea how to throw balls on the run. Yeah, he would do it according to what he thought it should look like, but he just didn't have the technique down on how to do it. Mm-hmm. And when I first met Marcus, I told Marcus, I can help him to understand and get where he want to get as a player, but he have to put in the work. If you're not willing to put in the work, then we spin in our wheels. Um, Marcus decided he was going to put in the work and um, it didn't happen right away. Um, he go out there and play games. And after the game, I'll get with him and we'll talk about the things that went wrong and the things that went right. We didn't just talk about the negative. We talked about the positives and the things that went right, the things that went wrong, how you correct them. And every day he stayed in the process and he corrected those things and he corrected those things. And after he and I was together for a year coming into the next year, 
he had been through everything he's supposed to go through as a shortstop. So then when things started happening the, the next year, he already knew about it because he had been through it. That's what you call gaining experience. And that's all Marcus needed. That's why the Oakland A's, Billy Bean, Bob Melvin, and Dave Force was willing to have the one thing that's sort of missing in the game today, patience. They had patience. Yeah. And I had talked to Bill and Bob, and I told him, you've got to have patience. If you have patience, we'll get this kid where he needs to get. And they showed patience. And that's why Marcus is where he is today, because of the patience that the Oakland A's showed to him and his being able to apply the things that he got along the way. And all he did was take it and got better and better and better. Yeah, my my first ever, I, I guess I talked to Marcus in Oakland, uh, and then you you guys came to town, and uh, this is pretty funny. This is my first Marcus, sir. You you Ron and and me and, and Anthony Andrew were just cutting it up, having a good time before before the early work, and we were just talking a lot track of time like we like we normally do. And then Marcus came down and looked, and and you looked over, and it was time to go, and. And you said, all right, Marcus, let's do this. And you said, wait, run up there and give me a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And I, I, I well, the first time we met him, I asked him about it. He said, of course, I'm going to go get him a cup of coffee. He's helping me out. I kind of help him out. But anyway. Well, that, that, see, that was just to give you, myself, and Anthony a little more time to finish right. doing fat. Right. Right. Yeah, you had wisdom to impart on us. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, uh, I was well, giving you guys your time also. That's right. We appreciate it. Um, what one of your one? I mean, one of the the Braves' best players is, is Ronald Acuna Jr., whose little brother. I don't know if you had a chance to meet him. Uh, I played, haven't. Plays for he's with Frisco. Uh, he had a home run last night. He's going to be out there Monday, so maybe you can meet him Monday. He's a good little infielder, Wash. But um, you know, Ron, Ronald and. I'm, 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 I know what I'm about to say is comparing apples and oranges, but Ron, Ronald's a talented, talented guy. Who's the most talented Rangers player you had? Was it was it Josh Hamilton? The most talented player that I had was Josh because Josh was five twos, and it showed every night. Um, and if if you kept Josh in the right frame of mind, you knew every day you was going to see something special, and he did. But Josh was only able to show that speciality that he had because of the people that was around him also. Mm -hmm. I mean, Deltray was special. You talked about Elvis Andrews early. He was special. Kinsler was special. Mitch Moreland was special. Michael Young was special. Napoli was special. Cruz was special. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can go on and on and on. That's the type of kids that I had. And each and every one of them made each and every one of them better. So... Josh was able to shine because of the people that was around him and they cared about him. They were tremendous teammates to him. Um, they did anything they could to make sure that Josh could be on the field because he has a special, he was a special talent. He, yeah. he really was. He really was. Now, the, the year he won the MVP, that, that stretch he had in July was probably the best I've ever seen a player play. It was, it was just July of 10 was just unbelievable yeah i remember that and people 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 looked at the fact that he was an offensive uh power threat he was just a threat offensively but he ran the bases right very well he played tremendous defense very well he stopped runners from going first to third 
very well. So his game was complete in that MVP year. Everything that everybody ever thought of Josh Hamilton, they saw in that one year. He did it all. He scored from second base twice with the ball not leaving the infield. Right. <laughs> and he's a big guy. Oh, yeah, he's big. Yeah. yeah. And he came to me one time and he said, Well, I can get 30 bags. I said, You're not getting 30 bags here. I said, We'll get you 15. We'll get you 15 and we're going to call your stolen bases. <laughs> you don't run unless me and Gary call your stolen bases. <laughs> he's, he didn't need to be falling all over the ground. No, he did but, that. But that was a part of his game. We yep. didn't want to take it from him, but he didn't need to get us 30 bags. Right. Yeah. Right. But no, he could have. Yeah, he needed to be in the lineup. He didn't need to be. Yeah. Still... <laughs> yeah. So, um, have have you? We we talked the other day, and you, you've been paying a little attention to the Rangers. What what where do you where do you see in from them? Well, I've been paying plenty of attention to the Rangers. All right. All right. <laughs> um, and I've been paying plenty of attention ever since they hired Boach. Uh huh. Um, that's what they needed. They needed a a a, a leader that uh, garnered total respect. And I'm not saying the ones there before wasn't going in total respect, but you could see the young talent there and they needed guidance and he's a winner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Young went out and got a winner to lead a group of kids that's biting to win. And um, I think they ain't going in the right direction right now. The pitching is doing well. Um, you know, the, the offense is off the chain right now. I mean, everybody in that lineup is doing something. It's not just one guy. Um, you know, you got those, that young kid at third base. He's starting to come into his own. You got the catcher. He's starting to come into his own. Uh, the center fielder, uh, Tavares, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's been around a couple years, but now he looks like he's turning into a young man and understanding how to play the game. You got Marcus Simeon. You got Seager, who's been out. And the guy's been doing well. So there is a lot to look forward to. But the one thing that you do have to understand, it's a long year. And yeah. when you talk about being successful, it's not for a week and it's not for a month. You have to be able to sustain for a long period of time. And so far, when they've been knocked down, I've noticed they've gotten back up. And that goes to the staff there and to Boach. Uh, yeah. I love Boach. Um, I really do, and I think that's the that's the best move over the winter that the Texas Rangers made bringing Bruce in there because he's a he's a winner, and people react to him. <laughs> you and I have said that many yeah. times that yeah. the best free agent acquisition might have been Bochy, and now Ron Washington has just confirmed that. I'm feeling like I got knowledge now. Maybe if Ron's agreeing with me, then maybe I I make sense every once in a while. They're they're Sometimes if you look if you look, the truth is right in front of your face. <laughs> just that sometimes people refuse to say what they see. And I've always been a proponent of if I see something, I will say something. Yes, you will. <laughs> uh, the pitching coach is all right. Yeah, he, he's. Oh, yeah, Mike. Of, no, <laughs> doubt about it, no doubt about it. Uh, welcome home to Mike. You know, um, uh, he's, he's one of the best, man. <clears throat> I don't think there's many out there that uh, work as hard as Mike and as diligent as Mike and love his players as much as Mike love his players. So, um, and you can tell, you can tell uh, by the way that pitching staff is going about their business. And as soon as you guys are able to get the Grom to, to be healthy enough that 
even if he don't take 32 starts, he can get 28. I guarantee you, you'll see something special. Um, there's something going on right there in Texas. But like I said, uh, you have to sustain. That's what it's about. You can never be happy with the way things are until things is over. And we have a long ways to go before you can get happy. So yeah. you got to take each day as it comes and goes and be the best for each and every one of your teammates that you can be for that day. And hopefully you walk off the field and enough with enough opportunities to win, to have a chance to go further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, like you said, the season's long because last year you guys came from behind and, and, and overtook the Mets. That's, that's just it. You gotta, it's yeah. you gotta keep, you gotta keep grinding yeah. and you play for the day and the team that's in front of you. You can't look behind. You only learn from what was behind you. You take what's behind you and you learn from it to make you better for what's ahead of you. But you never look back over your shoulder. You always keep your ass and elbows working. That's what you <laughs> want to see. When you're out front, when you're out front, all they want to see is ass and elbows. That's mean you moving forward. Right. Hey, uh, before we get you out of here, John John is gonna ask you a couple, couple uh, I don't know, yeah, you questions did. about 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 you. What I mean, I'm sure everybody okay. But we can use a refresher course. Yeah, I mean, I love this stuff. So, so I kind of do the fun stuff uh, on this side. He always hits you with the the hard hardcore baseball oh, yeah, stuff. But, so you grew up, you're a New Orleans guy. Everyone knows that fact. Congratulations, going to the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, right? Yes, thank you. You know, I was just a young kid running behind a baseball. <laughs> I never thought about no Hall of Fame, especially <laughs> in in my state. Um, I was doing what I do because I love doing it. That's playing, coaching, teaching, mentoring, uh, whatever. Because everything that I have, someone gave to me. I didn't earn this all by myself. A lot of stuff that comes out of my mouth is stuff that comes out of my mouth. I may be saying it, but it's stuff I got from all the old guys I was around. That, as we said earlier, they saw something, they said something. Some people would take that as them being on you, but I took it as if they see something in me that I need to get out of me if I want to get them off me. <laughs> if that make any sense. <laughs> okay. Well, you, you went to John McDonough High School, right? McDonough? Is that how you say that? Yeah, John McDonough. John McDonough uh, High School. Did you play any other sports besides baseball? I played football. I was a quarterback in my senior year. And I really went out for the wide receiver position, but we didn't have a quarterback. And I was a catcher on the baseball team. So they knew I could throw because during the baseball season, they saw me throw people out. So I, in, in, in my neighborhood, I played quarterback, you know, but in the neighborhood, I never played control quarterback. Right. But I was the only, I was the only guy there that could actually throw the football. So that's how I ended up being a quarterback. So I played baseball and I was a quarterback on the football team. How much did you throw the ball though? I mean, cause you know, well, I threw the ball a lot. I had two track stars uh, on both ends that were in, but they didn't have very good hands. So <laughs> the balls would hit them and they would drop them. But I ended up uh, being second in the league in rushing because yeah. every time a play came out there, they said 19 wedge. So that means I have to take the ball and run around the corner. And I was I was pretty good at that. And when I seen I couldn't get any further, I went out of bounds. There you go. I wasn't letting big boys tear me up. <laughs> <laughs> now, you ended up going to State College of Florida. That's down in Manatee, Florida. Right. Right. Now, did you have any other scholarship offers or anything? Or was that really your kind of your only choice? Well, the only reason I went to Manatee Junior College is I signed as a free agent into the Royals 
the Kansas City Royals Baseball Academy. That's how I ended up down there going to school. Okay. Um, I had a I might have had a scholarship to go over to University of New Orleans, UNO, but I signed professionally with the Kansas City Royals to go to this baseball academy. So yeah. I learned my baseball on the chalkboard. <laughs> and they would run plays on the chalkboard, and then we would go out on the field and apply it on the field. Uh, so that's how I ended up going there. And I went to a year and a half of, of college there at Manatee Junior College. And after school, we would come back to the academy, and we would work baseball. That was in 1970. 1971 was my rookie year. So I went out in 70, but I didn't play until 71 professional baseball. And you were a catcher. Right. Yeah. But- Yes. You tore up your knee, right? You got in a collision or something. No, I, I was a catcher. And when I got to double A, um, I, I didn't get any bigger and I could run. And they thought that if they would have left me behind the <clears> plate when I got to double A and I had a collision at home plate, it could have ended me. So the Kansas City Royals moved me to the infield. I tore up my knee in 1977 with the Dodgers. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, so this is always a, I love this question because it happened late in the season, but uh, September 10th, 1977, you made your major league debut for the Dodgers. And so I always love this story. I want to know, how did you find out you were going to be a big leaguer? Who told you and where were you? How'd that happen? Well, we was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I was out to lunch. And when I got back from lunch, there was a note on my apartment door that said that you was called up to, uh, the Dodgers. So I ended up calling the Dodgers minor league uh, system, which was run by Bill Sweaty at the time. And he told me that I was getting called up to the big league. So I packed my stuff. I called my family, let them know what was happening. And back then it's not like these kids today, they come to the big leagues, the families in the stands. Right. So I went to the big leagues. There was no way I could get my family there. Cause I didn't have any money. Yeah. So all I could do was let them know that I was going to the big leagues. My mom and my dad, I was from a family of 10. My dad worked seven days a week. My yeah. mom was taking care of kids. So there was no way they could drop anything and come out to L.A. I mean, come out to L.A. I couldn't afford tickets for them to come out to L.A. <laughs> even though I got called up to the big leagues. But I was only making pennies in the minor leagues. Right. Well, these guys today, you know, they it's different. I mean, guys in the minor leagues, they're making $90,000. I mean, I was making $2,500 a month. They're making $90,000 now. And you add that by six, that's thirteen to fourteen thousand dollars for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety thousand dollars. Now, if I was making ninety thousand dollars, I could have flew some people out there. But <laughs> yeah. And my first game, I faced the same guy I faced for the first time that I went when I got called up to triple A. Oh so really? I was fortunate when when Tommy Lasada put me in that lineup against the Padres. He was the same guy I got my first hit off of triple A. So I wasn't afraid of him. And I ended up getting two knocks off him anyway. There you go. There you go. The, uh, I mean, you had some great managers, Wash, in your career. I did. Tom Kelly, um, you know, uh, Tommy Lasorda, of course. Doc Edwards in Cleveland, you know, uh, Ripken Sr. in Baltimore. You know, um, I had had John Hart, who was my AAA manager. John used to make a lineup up and put on the board. And it was only one name on it. <laughs> you. <laughs> That's right. Because he knew I was ready to play. <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious. He had one name on the card. <laughs> and then when everybody else came in, he had to find out how they was. It didn't matter how I was because he knew I was going to play. 
And I mean, these are the type of people that influenced my my career. Buzzy Keller, yeah. the first guy I met at the baseball academy. Um, I remember flying into Sarasota the very first time I left home thinking that I was going to Kansas City and the plane landed in Sarasota. And I'm saying, what I'm doing in Sarasota? I thought I was going to Kansas City. <laughs> That's how naive I was. Yeah. I stepped off the plane. It was about 15 of us. And Buzzy Keller, his first statement to us was, you got one foot on the ground and one foot on the first step of the airplane. And one, I talked to this guy from Detroit. He said, what is he talking about? I knew what he was talking about. I said, if you don't have your stuff together, and I didn't say stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have your stuff together, he's telling you, you're going to be back on the plane going home. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't worried about what he's talking about. Because yeah, I can play. John Hart uh, told, told me a story, Wash, that that you went to AAA, you thought you should have made the team. And you told him, I'm a major league player. I'm going to be out there every day and I'm not going to be here very long. <laughs> exactly what I told him. When, yeah. I land, I, when I first arrived in Miami where they had this spring training and it was time for me to sign the contract, I told him and Tom Giordano, that's who was oh. in there. I said, I'm a major league player. I'm not a AAA player. I'm going to sign this contract, but... I want you to know you got a major league player here. I'm not going to be here very long. And I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Hey, what do you, Ron, what do you do in your spare time? I mean, I know you're going all the time, but do you, I mean, you don't, do you play golf? Do you, do you fish? No, right? I don't, I don't play golf. Um, most of the time, you know, I'm doing a, a bunch of honeydews around the house. Uh, yeah. I understand I'm gone for so long. And when I get back, uh, there's a lot for me to do. Uh, the past couple of years, I've done some clinics with some kids come in from high school kids come in from around the country that wanted to get some infield work. Uh, last year, of course, I, I, I tried to get Marcus, not Marcus, uh, Von Grissom ready to be able to come into spring training and compete. And I did that, you know, um, it, it, to become a major league shortstop or major league player. It takes time. It's a process. You've got very, very, very few special people that comes out of playing maybe a couple years of baseball and able to strive at the major league level. Even though the kids are coming young, it's still the big leagues. Yeah. It's easy to get here, but it's tough to stay. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's great. Hey, um, you know, you're a new Orleans guy. So that is Cajun your favorite food. What, what kind of food is your favorite food? <laughs> well, I love uh, dirty rice. Um, I love gumbo. Um, I love stuffed peppers. Uh, my wife does stuffed peppers a little different than most people. We don't use ground meat. Um, she just used crab meat and shrimp. Oh, man. And um, oh. I don't know, one of these days, you guys are going to have to taste her, uh, her peppers. Jerry's got to make some, some of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a real spicy guy. Yeah, so when we do have company over, um, my wife do do a special side dish for me because I can't handle all that spice. Even though I grew up in it, my brothers, I remember when I was in Mexico, I used to bring peppers home, those strings of peppers that they got down there. And I used to find the hottest ones. And those guys could sit there and just eat them off the string, off the, the stem. I can't do that. I can't put hot stuff on my food. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite home cooked meal that she makes? Sounds like those peppers. Yeah. Those peppers uh, and um, gumbo. I mean, she can do some gumbo. She can do some gumbo. And I'm not talking about gumbo with chicken and all that stuff in it. I'm talking about real gumbo with, with shrimps, crab, uh, gizzards, uh, 
you know, the works. Yeah, I mean, you, people make gumbo. Yeah, people make gumbo yeah. now any kind of way they want to. They throw anything in it. Well, um, okay. our gumbo is is not anything being thrown in it. It's the right ingredients. And we go get those ingredients early. We freeze them. So, because there's a lot of people out there going after those ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> so we already have a lot of it on stock. And when it's time to make it, she got everything she needs. There you go. Awesome. That's awesome. Hey, listen, listen, we're going to get you out of here. And we always ask one question at the end. It's one we ask everybody. We always get some really great answers. It's what's something that nobody knows about Ron Washington. We've had some funny, funny ones from John Daniels, who told us he had airplane underwear. He said he used to have two pair of underwear, one that he wore on the flight and one that he wore on the flight home. And he said, I have this weird thing, airplane underwear. He said, it's always worked. I'm still here. Is there anything that nobody knows about Ron Washington that that, that you ought to tell us? Well, it's it's not as like John. It's not that. <laughs> what, I, what I like him to know is when we traveling, I don't want to be bothered when I get on the bus. And I don't want to be bothered when I get on the plane. I tell the stewardess I'm low maintenance. When I sit in my seat and you see me covered up, leave me alone. <laughs> and the same thing on the bus. When I get on the bus and I lay back, those guys know not to mess with me. I mean, I'm coming down because I'm so far out there doing the game that when the game ends, I'm coming down. Um, and when I managed in Texas, uh, the, the, the stewardess knew just what to do. When they saw me get my seat and I covered up, they left me alone. Mm. When I wasn't covered up, then they came around and found out if there's anything I wanted to do. And I always told them, I'm low maintenance. If I need anything, you'll know. And if if I don't need anything, guess what? You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I got one more for you. You just had a birthday okay. a couple weeks ago, 71. How much longer are you going to do this? You you don't you, you don't well you, you know as long as my brains is, is working, as long as I don't have dementia, as long as I can continue to make a difference in these young kids' lives, as long as my energy level is where it is, um, I'm gonna do it. I mean, the other day we were in Kansas City and um Willie Mays Aikens showed up and he said, Jesus, Wash, what you doing out there at third base at 70 years old? I said, Willie. If you wouldn't have just told me I was 70 years old, I wouldn't know. I'm just coming to the ballpark, preparing just like these players to go out there and be the best I can be for the for the, for, for the position that I'm in, which is the third base infield coach. I never think about my age. I really don't. I'm 70 years old. I feel things just like everybody else that's 70 years old. But I have a purpose. And my purpose is to make certain that I'm prepared to do what I am expected to do and as long as my mind and my body and my soul allows me to do that i'm gonna do it why would i give up something i love i love it and i haven't slowed down i mean to the point where i'm not doing my job yes i've slowed down i'm a little quicker i was a little quicker when i was 55 years old <laughs> the other day in in miami the guy threw me a little little birthday cake party thing and um, they was asking me again about being at third base. I say, one thing you don't have to worry about, there will not be any baseball in baseball that will take me out. When I leave third base, I'm leaving third base on myself. I will not be leaving third base because a baseball took me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wash, I mean, you know, you're the 
best manager in Rangers history. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, and uh, I'm saying this as a guy who has followed the Rangers since 1974. I'm a fan. I was at the World Series games as a fan. So you know how exciting this is for me. The best manager in Texas Rangers history I got to talk to today. And my wife's excited. She's like, tell him to do one of the waving his arms and beating on. She, she loved it. <laughs> well, I, I thank you guys. And, and I tell you, what made my opportunity there so great is the players that I had. And the way they love to come to the ballpark and play, um, the way John Daniels and them treated me and gave me the opportunity to do my own thing, um, my coaching staff, the fans, uh, the medical staff, um, you know, I, I felt that when I was managing in Texas that people just couldn't wait to get to the ballpark to watch those guys play. And it was them. It was them. All we did was gave them an opportunity to go out there and show what they can possibly do. And they did it for me every day that I was there. Well, that's awesome. Hey, Monday, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'll come down there by the dugout and meet you. Do that. But this has been fantastic, Ron. We thank you so much for taking time to do that. I know you got a busy schedule as a coach, especially in any major league uh, coaching staff. It's a busy schedule. To stop down and do this is fantastic, and it's been great for me. Anything else? No, you got a ballpark to get to, so uh, get to it, man. Yeah. It's been great for me, too. I'm always uh, open to talking baseball, especially with good friends like you, Jeff. All right. I appreciate that, Wash. You're uh, a right. good man, man. Ron Washington, third base coach for the Atlanta Braves, former Texas Ranger manager. Thanks, Ron. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. Take care. Once again, big thank you to Ron Washington for joining us on the Frisco Rough Rider Hotline and coming on us with the Zoom call. Uh, that was great and fantastic, but it is time to go down in the bus leagues. Uh, let's start at the lowest level. That's how we normally do this. Yep. Uh, let's go to the Down East Wood Ducks, who are playing well. They're in first place. They're 17 and 11. Seven and three of their last 10. They have lost one. Um, who do we need to talk about there? Porter? Well, pitching? yeah, they're, they're doing it with, with pitching. Um, Brock Porter has, has been very good. Um, uh, velocity is starting to creep up. It's not that he's been hurt or anything. It's just he hasn't pitched for a while. So, yeah. um, and, and, He's figuring things out. You know, it's his first first you know, professional debut and all that stuff. I think uh, they'll have him on about eighty to hundred innings, maybe. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, another another guy, uh, interesting guy is is Aiden Curry, who, like Josh Steven at, at, at Hickory, um, and that w- w- was signed as a free agent for twenty thousand dollars after the twenty twenty draft. Right for all the people that yeah. were there were only yeah. five rounds. Yeah, yeah, so. five rounds, and so there were free agents, and there still are. You can still sign guys up to. Twenty thousand dollars, but no more than twenty. But anyway, he's one of them. Um, you know, if you look at his career ERA, it's like over six. Right. But right now, it's it's uh, three eight. He's striking guys out. Um, he's he's a long, lanky guy. Uh, likes to throw the football around. Right. Um, you saw that saw that numerous times at spring training this year. Um, so it you know it's but it's a good mix. The bullpen has some some more veteran guys um, that that know their way around so they can hold a lead. The offense is starting to pick it up. Our buddy Cam Cauley has, has lifted his average almost 100 points from where it was. He's still, I think he's at like 247, 250, uh, but he was down. He was he was pretty low down. Uh, and Yosi Galan, the, the interesting guy I wrote yeah. about last year, uh, he's really started to pick it up. He's got a ton of power, you know, and uh, he's an he, older he's an older guy. It's cut, um, too. He looks. Yeah, yeah built like a. Brick shit house, I would call it or sure, whatever. Sure. Yeah, um, I mean, he is stout. He is. He is, and 
he still has a lot of flaws. I mean, he's repeating it at, at low A, so right. that, that might tell you something. But he's got uh, some he, swing and he's, miss. He's, he's picked it up here uh, the last week or two weeks. Well, this is a good minor league system. Yep. But right now, the minor league system isn't playing well. Oh, When no. you start at double A, or when you start at Hickory, they're 12 and 16. Okay. They are two and eight in their last 10, That's and they have lost good. five in a row. Yeah. Now, their one upside has been Rocker, who has been really good. Um, he did get hit around the other night, but I think it was one bad inning. He actually started out scoreless and then yeah. lost a little control. I saw, I think Scott Lucas wrote something about he had, how he had watched the whole thing because they were playing away and they were, were yeah. able to watch it, and I didn't see it. Um, but they still like what they're seeing from Rocker, and I don't think he's long for single A. Yeah, I, I, I would think kind of that first two weeks of June to be a good – Good target area for him to, <clears throat> to to kind of think about getting getting promoted to a, a double A, a little bit higher challenge. Um, um, Dane Acker is going to go to Hickory. There had been talk about him going to Frisco when he got healthy, but he's going to go to Hickory. It's where he finished last season, and um, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, to kind of slow play it a little bit with his his injuries and you know nothing. Nothing major, just nagging stuff in his biceps area, shoulder area. So, uh, but he's throwing and doing things and uh, hasn't had any setbacks. So he's he's probably going to be end of the month uh, down there in Hickory um, at the plate. Do, have they had anybody uh, that stood out? I mean, they've got well, some. They got some we, good guys there. I think we we've mentioned Max Acosta, um, who's kind of finding it this year. Coming around, um, I wrote about him last week at. at RangerToday.com, five ninety nine a month, sixty dollars for the year, thirty five for six. Yes, um, six months, not six years. Um, he he's he's older. He he you know he he signed at nineteen and didn't play. Twenty nobody played because of the, the pandemic. Twenty one he was in uh, the complex league, had thoracic outlet syndrome, right? Had to have surgery. Comes back last year without a normal off season. Plays the full season at, at low A and does okay. You know, had some had some moments. Uh, this year he's he's had a full healthy off season. He's bigger. He's stronger. Uh, he's hitting the ball harder. It's going a little further. Right. Um, and he's a little older. I mean, he's mature. He's been through stuff, and so um, it's a good sign. You know, he was he was a, a top ten prospect. Right. Um, in the farm system. You know, the Rangers went and got some guys. Right. Some middle infielders. Justin Foscu, Duran and Josh Smith. You know, uh, Luis Angel Angela Acuna has has blossomed. So, um, there are, you know, Cam Colley. There's another one. Yeah. So, there Post, are. Supposed to go are, to Texas Tech. He's been a friend of the show, too. He came on. There there are some um, some other middle infielders that might be taking away some attention from Acosta. Not just middle infielders. I mean, just right. better players. But um, he's he's – He's showing up, and it's 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 been pretty good. All right, well, let's go to Double A. Double A. This is the most talented team, according to Jim Callis, in all of baseball. Although they're scuffling, yeah, uh, they're thirteen and seventeen, three and seven in their last ten. They've lost five in a row. Um, we went out and saw Carter last or Lighter last night. Yeah. Uh, again, he had another good outing. He gave up one run in five innings. Um, again, when he plays around the strike zone, it plays better. Corey Seager said that. Yeah, it was pretty interesting what he said to us afterward, and it's going to be uh, available. It's on the YouTube channel, but also it'll be a Friday on the farm this week. Um, he was – he's he's sounds like he got tired of being mediocre. Right. You know, he, he said that he was 
attitude. Pitching with the mindset of it's player development, um, and he's just developing. But now he's kind of said he's had a mind, mindset switch to where he is competing. Right. And um, he wants to win. It's, it's made the difference, you know, and, and it, it's been recent. It's been three straight starts. You know, the Rangers have also kind of said, hey, you know, be more competitive in the strike zone. Don't worry about the results. Just trust your stuff, that kind of thing. And, it, and it's been uh, – it's shown through. I was surprised that his pitch count got as high as it did last night for five innings. Uh, but he threw, you know, majority of strikes. His strike percentage in the last three starts is in the, the – um, probably about 65%, which which is a big deal. You yeah. Know, it, it, was, it was like 56, let's say, those first four starts of the season. All right, so that's, what, 7 to 9%, let's say. That's a big deal. That's yeah. that's – Less stressful pitches. That's right. That's quicker outs. That's just it's just being ahead and and being able to do what you want to do. Uh, he touched ninety eight a few times. Yeah, I saw that night. last night on the board. Um, and 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 maybe it was a little more. Who knows what what the the accuracy of that gun? But he feels better, and he's in a good he's in a good mind mindset right now. Yeah, he was he, really. He's ex, he used the word excited yeah. several times. Um, so that's good, you know, because I know some people have some angst about. Well, what the number two overall pick in the draft two years ago has been doing or not doing. Um, you know, hey, it, everybody's development path is different. And he's healthy. And he's healthy. And But, it, you know, at some point they have a, a light bulb goes off. And right. It, and it works. For those that get it. They For those that yeah. get there, they, they get They th- can't all be Ken Griffey Jr. and Dwight Gooden. You know? Right. They, 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 it takes time a lot of times. And so. Um, they're, they're facing better hitters than they've ever faced in their life. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I mean, from high school, college, and the SEC, yeah. he's facing people that are here to play pro baseball. Yeah, and they're doing different stuff. You know, they're traveling different. The travel's yeah. different. The schedule's yeah. different. He's only pitching once a week. You know, it's it's just everything's different. You're on your own. You know, right. You, you, you don't have a, you know, a college team to fall back on and the safety net that college provides. You're on your own. And, right. Um so, I was anyway. impressed the way he, the way he talked though. Yeah, he, he it was, was good. It was good. I hadn't I hadn't heard him talk like that yet. And then uh, and he was pissed they lost last night. Yeah, and he exactly. was like, they, they, look, he had a great game, and it wasn't his fault they lost. But he was like, and it just we ended up losing. And that sucks, you know. He yeah. kind of said something to that effect because he wants to win, and that's kind of yeah. where his mindset is: is I want to help the team win. It's not about developing it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and then um, Frisco's Frisco's found some creative ways to lose here lately, and yeah, um, that was that was another one of them. But Carter hadn't played in two games. Yeah, we saw yeah. him after the game. Yeah, he talked to us, and uh, he had uh, he got hit in the wrist on a pickoff throw. Yeah, sliding back into the base or something. similar to where he'd gotten hit by a pitch a few weeks ago. He's fine. He's not really it's injured sore. at all. Yeah, he, he can play. We, I mean, he, I saw him hitting the cage, so it's not like he's down. He's probably. Uh, I think he was scuttling played, a little bit he too. He probably has played since since this has has uh, since we recorded this. Um, he's you know, but obviously a, they a gave very him, good kid. They gave him two days off in a row, and yeah. I think he had kind of scuttled a little bit because he got up to such a hot start in April. Right, right. And then, but like every player in baseball, you just go through a stretch where the ball doesn't look this big anymore. Yeah. It's starting to figure out or yeah. they get a little scouting report on you or whatever and he'll make the adjustments. He was certainly in a great mood. He didn't seem upset yeah, at all yeah. or nothing was going sure. on. Uh, we saw Acuna hit a bomb last night, yeah. uh, hit another home run. Uh, you got to talk about uh, Sejaci, who uh, went, before the game I was talking to him, he was hitting batting practice. He was wearing a batting glove. He never wears a batting glove. And he was wearing a right-handed batting glove and he was coming off the field. And I said, 
What do you? Why are you wearing? A, you know that's always yeah. weird. Right-handed batting glove when you bat right-handed. No yeah. left hand. He goes, man, look at my fingers. And he man, he had blisters all over oh. his fingers that were getting all over. But he ended up during the game. He does not wear a batting glove. That's true. He just did it during the. During that, but he was grinning, talking about coming back on again. Yeah. Uh, doing that. Owen White's going to come back on again. He loves to come on and talk to us. And he said, Oh, yeah. And, you know, call me. I'm ready to get back on. But those guys are, they're having fun there. I know they're not winning, uh, but those guys are, they all look good mm-hmm. in their, what they're doing. And, uh, and, and guys, you know, I know they sponsor us, but go out to Frisco. You talk about a cheap way to entertain your family. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of, Little kids there, yes. Oh, they're all over. Go sit on that berm. Cat uh, and I used to go out there with a blanket yeah. when the kids were little, little. Uh-huh. Let them roll down the hill and do all that <laughs> stuff while we'd have a beer and watch the game. And it's not that expensive, guys. It's really a cheap yeah. entertainment. Yeah. All right, let's go to Round Rock AAA. Uh, they're 21-14. and 14. They are 4-6 and six in their last 10. They've also lost four in a row. So we've yeah. had lost one, lost five, lost five, and lost four. That's not good. Um, but if we're going to talk about somebody there, you got to look at someone like Bradford or Foscue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cody Bradford... Uh, continues to pitch out of his mind. He'll have to be put on the forty. He dropped his he dropped his ERA back under one um, with his start a couple days ago, um, and then Foscue is surging after I think he was zero for fourteen to start the season. Right, uh, he's definitely trending the right way. It's it's power. He's got a over uh, thousand OPS in the last what month or so, something um, like that. He is hitting. Uh, he's he's stealing bases. Yeah. He's got five steals. Um, this is a guy, both of those guys will have to go on the 40-man roster at some point this year to avoid being right. uh, lost in the Rule 5 draft in uh, December. Um, so, yeah, um, those are those guys are the stars. Sam Huff was having a nice little uh, resurgence before he got called up. Uh, you know, we we, uh, we like a lot of the guys down there. Um, yeah. So we need to plan and, a trip and, to round rock. It, it is interesting. Uh, you know, Kyle Cody has been working multiple innings. He's, he's, he's started a couple games. Um, I still think that he can help the, the major league team at some point. Joe Barlow um, is, is, is going to be back with the Rangers. I would, I would assume my guess in a month, the velocity keeps creeping, creeping back up. And uh, some, uh, something that somebody said to me, uh, that's pretty interesting. They think that the adrenaline, of just being in the major leagues will add a, will add another mile per hour or two to the fastball. I can imagine. Um, so, but it's 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 been good. That that bullpen's good, and um, that's one that's one reason why the Rangers didn't go crazy in the offseason on the bullpen is because they thought they had a lot of good arms that, that would be at AAA, and that and that's happened. Um, and you know, and 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 Len Otto is going to be coming back. His wife just had a baby the, the other day, so a boy. Congratulations, congratulations. to them. Uh, but he should be nearing the point where he's getting back in the game action, and um, it, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good situation because they really need depth. You know, they they really with with uh, Dunning now in the rotation, and you know, Colwyn not quite there yet. Um, What's the word on him? Is they still lacking uh, what they see, even well, though the numbers aren't they, there? Honestly, they they the Rangers think that. Win and Lighter are both really close to being where they need to be. Some of it with with Cole has been making the wrong pitch selection at the wrong time, but they're 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 pitching better than their numbers would indicate. I know when we saw Jack and we just talked about him pretty extensively, but um, Cole Cole is is almost there. 
Yeah. They, they really feel confident that he is about to turn a corner. Um, but he is on the 40 man, which makes him, you know, at some point an option, you would think. Yeah. Um, but he needs, he does need to pitch a little bit better, but. Yeah, you can't do it to your, you got to prove it at AAA before you yeah, come up yeah, to the big leagues. Yeah. I mean, Cody Bradford is doing that. Yeah. You know? And then keep in mind the Pacific Coast League, they just crush the ball. Every, it seems like there's a high every, altitude. Every ballpark is a hitter's park, even Round Rock. And he's just not giving up anything. And so it's it's you do not have to throw 100 miles an hour yeah. to you be a change, good pitcher. Change speeds and make it go different ways, and you're you're going to Greg be Maddox around the, be around the strike zone, yep. and you're going to be in good shape. Greg Maddox never hardly threw a, a in high 80s. Maybe he touched 90, 91 when he was younger. Yeah, he was in the 90s, but um, it was it was movement and changing speeds. Boy, his ball danced around on there. Yeah. Well, anything else down in the bus leagues? I don't think so. Um, Maybe we need to get out to uh, one of these shows and do them out at Frisco before yeah. uh, they get out of town. Uh, that might even be something we can look at next week. We'll see. Um, you know, we talked about doing we doing these things on Friday. That might be something they're in town, right? They are. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll we're not we're not that's not in stone yet, guys. We're we're looking yeah, at that. Just spitballing here. We're spitballing here, but that <laughs> that might be something we can do. In any case, uh, I think this one is about in the books. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Ron, thanks to the rough rough riders, and then thanks to Ron Washington. Absolutely yeah. for doing it, and thanks to Premier Properties yeah. for providing the studio here for a place for us to come and talk. And uh, guys, we always appreciate you and the listening. The numbers have been fantastic. Uh, can't thank you guys enough for for listening to the show and watching the show on YouTube. Go follow it on YouTube. Absolutely. Just subscribe and subscribe to Rangers today. Absolutely, guys. Guys, we're out of here next week. This is episode number eighty-two. Next week, uh, we we think we have someone lined up. I'm not going to confirm that yet. But uh, once once we get out here next week. But until then, uh, Monday will be that, and we'll see you at the yard.